With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These guys have been decomposing for years. The Flowerland Garden Show is playing live on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Good morning, my entrepreneur friends across the rooted plain. It's the Flowerland Show. Who are you? We'd love to hear from you this morning. We're going to open up the phone lines here on the Flowerland Show, 616-774-2424. Rick, Doug, Christie, left to right across your radio dial here on your Saturday morning. John Ilk, engineer, producer extraordinaire at the controls and George Arthur behind the glass. He'll take your calls. You don't need a green thumb. Any finger will do. Just dial it up here on the Flowerland Show. Doug Christie, good morning. Good morning. morning. Extra crunchy out there right now. That's for sure. So the question is, is it warm enough for you? Yeah, you and your Mr. I love the heat, I love the heat. (laughs) (laughs) It is nice. No, it's not. I jumped. Uh, I jumped in the lake last night. Go so. jump in the Probably lake. Probably pretty <laughs> smart. So if all your friends, <laughs> yeah. if all your friends jumped in the lake, would you jump in the lake too? <laughs> Walk off the pier. Good morning, everybody. Here we go. Uh, today's show going to be a kick in the plants. Lots to share with you. Let me say right off the bat, uh, take a look at uh, Flowerland Show on Facebook. I posted a few things there a few moments ago. One is a chicken wire sculpture, you guys, that I saw at the Bob yesterday. We were out filming Green Thumb segments, and at the Bob they have this chicken wire sculpture. That is amazing. I'd love to have one of these in my yard. Just incredible. I posted that uh, on Facebook. Uh, also uh, spent a few moments with Ben Graham. He has the Seeds of Change exhibit. That's at St. Mark's Episcopal Church. Uh, He has the uh, words spelled out in the lawn there, war. And then in the bare soil, in between the words, everybody plants a little grass seed, and eventually that grass grows through that and wipes out the word war. I thought that that was really Mm. neat. And right in that same location at St. Mark's uh, Episcopal Church is uh, a really cool tree that was designed by an artist also. Um, the trees will clap their hands based on a, a verse in Isaiah. Uh, very cool exhibit right there at the church, so check that out. Um, I thought that those, those things were, were really, uh, really neat. There's some, there's some good stuff out there. And, of course, guys, people are dealing with the warm temperatures as they walk out and about. Oh, and by the way, posted a great story, too, shared by one of our listeners, a plant-loving artist who puts plants, puts pants on trees. That 
was I, I saw a pair of pants discarded right. in the annuals by the parking garage this morning. Maybe it's the same concept. <laughs> I was gonna pick them no, up, but I thought I think, maybe it might be an art prize exhibit. I think <laughs> I think something else happened there, Christy. <laughs> I don't know. Did it have a number on it? I, I didn't I didn't look that close. I was afraid to get that close. Let's take a look after the show. Well, this is Peter Coffin and he puts pants on trees, living trees, puts them on these it's it's just so cool. Does and he I, put them around the trunk, or does he like hang them from the branches? Uh, from the branches, uh, you know. In other words, there's crotches in trees. Oh, okay, okay. I thought that was just so cool. It was shared Somebody with has me, some and so <laughs> I'm sharing it with our listeners on the Flowerland Show page here uh, on Facebook. I just think that's very very cool. And Christy, uh, if those pants in the annuals down there don't have a number on them, let's scribble something out. We'll make it your art prize <laughs> entry. See if you get a few votes. Okay. That works for me. We can give that a try. 774-2424, our number here on your Saturday morning, 11 minutes past the top of the hour. Balmy, balmy weather on our way, on our way to 94 degrees today yeah it's amazing you know just a few weeks ago we were talking about grass seed and putting it down and how the weather was cool and oh, the, the nights were <laughs> let me tell and you now no, no, no. it's christy put grass seed down last week sunday i have a nice little fuzzy green explosion of plant material because it loves the heat it loves the heat but and what? the humidity and i've been watering in the morning like i'm supposed to ground stays moist all day long and I've got probably 60% of my seed has already popped, and it's been less than a week. It loves this heat. What are you seeing, Doug? I, I'm just seeing, like you say, more water, more water. Oh, you, know? you can't get enough water on hydrangeas. We were talking about hydrangeas especially. But even some of my um, ornamental trees, um, young ones, are looking. were looking a little stressed. I had to get out there and, and make sure they were getting enough water. I got the little bags around them now all filled up. And, and, and of course, the big debate around the office is, are we going to have fall color this year? And that's the that's, uh, trees already losing their leaves due to stress, which brings up a point. Which brings up a point. I've been thinking about this a lot this week and doing some research. Do plants get stressed out like we do? Mm-hmm. Do plants experience stress? Mm-hmm. I well, they agree, have they? to. Mm-hmm. They have to, because that's what causes them to do the things they do sometimes, like overproducing copious amounts of fruit or acorns or seeds or. You well, know. they don't. They don't have a nervous system. But they go like we have. Something's wrong. I have to survive. But they're <laughs> able to transmit transmit chemicals and changes when they're confronted with extreme temperatures or soil changes or environmental issues. And you think about, heart just goes out to those people in, in Puerto Rico and you see those pictures and all those palm trees gone and how are those trees going to react or recover and how long will that take? I mean, you know, liable to take 20, 25 years. Well, it, just, just we never amazing. think about it, but the trees we have around here, like oak, we know about sudden oak death, and we know about insect issues and, like, you know, various plants and stuff. But when I was out in California a couple of years ago and our driver was taking us to the hotel, we see these palm trees that look like they just melted on top of themselves. And he explained to us that there was a disease going through the palm trees out in Los Angeles that basically caused the insides to rot and they'd actually collapse. It looked just like it melted down on itself. So you talk about, are those palm trees going to recover? 
that's another one of those stress things after all that. If it survived the wind and if it survived the water, right. what's left behind and what's going to happen to it? So then you go beyond that and you think, okay, do plants feel pain? Oh, I think we found that out once before. You know, a freshly mowed lawn basically discharges this aroma that many people find appealing. I like it. Yeah. I had a freshly mowed lawn cologne at one time. All it did was attract small animals and... They had to go wee-wee? <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but the smell of freshly cut grass is actually a plant distress call. And so, Doug, yeah, you're right. You see these trees starting to drop their foliage and they're showing signs of distress. Well, and they're conserving they as much so? energy as they can because they know that they're in stress. Mm -hmm. So what does that do for the color? What does well, that do for the change of season? I will what? say this. Sumac is putting on a show right now. I had to drive down to Indianapolis this week, and I could not believe that's about the only thing that wasn't brown <laughs> was the sumac. You know what? When I'm out and about running, though, be, uh, trying to differentiate between sumac and tree of heaven, you can when they turn color, yeah. but when they're green... Really, the only way you can do that is by getting up close and personal to the plant and taking a whiff because that tree of heaven smells like bad peanut butter. That's what it smells like. That is the best description. Do you spend a lot of time sniffing your peanut butter? <laughs> Rinsed peanut butter. That's what I don't, it Peanut butter doesn't last that long around my house. So. <laughs> Our number, 616-774-2424. That's 616 Seven seven four twenty four twenty four. Hey John, why don't we take a break here? We'll cultivate a little commerce, line up some calls, and then we'll get right to your calls and give you a good swift kick in the. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Plants on this warm Saturday morning. Pick up the phone right now. Call us. 774-2424. It's Rick Doug Christie. Live from downtown Grand Rapids, Art Pride, here on your Saturday morning. Stay tuned. I'm gonna sing it to my friend. Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show is on the air on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Use your two lips and speak to me. It's the Flowerland Show. Rick Weist here, Doug Christie seated alongside. Here we go. Let's dive into the phone calls. Folks who are on hold from Kentwood to Rockford to Muskegon, thank you very much for calling into the Flowerland Show. Let's start with Anne in Kentwood this morning. Anne, good morning. Good morning. How can we help you, Anne? Well, um, last couple of days I've been dealing with stink bugs. You have uh, inside yeah. or out? Both. Okay. And uh, I, I think I, 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 I'm not sure whether I'm doing the right thing, and I, and I'm kind of looking about into the future because we had a problem last year. But um, I have been scooping them into a uh, 
tote, small tote with um, soapy water in them, and they kind of fly downward. And they, they, but I've had hundreds of thousands of them around my house. Wow, really? What I need to do to prevent them in the future? Okay, let's let's hone in first. The first thing we got to do is make sure we're talking about the brown marmorated. Yep. Looks like he's got coat. a little armored, shielded body. Yep. Yep. Okay. And uh, kind of spotted antennae. On yeah. the bug, okay, yeah, wow, and 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 this seems to be pocketed. Either it's one, it's almost like when we had the gypsy moth thing. You could drive ten miles from your house, and there'd be a huge infestation, and back at your house, there'd be nothing. <laughs> right. And so, stink bugs are kind of the same way. Um, outside, we have found again, like with Asian uh, lady, the Asian ladybird beetles. Um, when they're on the side of the house, when they're sunning themselves, when they're in the litter around the foundation, you know, the decaying plant material and stuff, you with a Cyfluthrin product, using vegetable gardens and that kind of thing. I mean, so it's it's a lower impact product, but it does work very well for them to keep them. You spray your window wells, your door wells to keep them from coming inside. Okay. In the house, I would continue either to vacuum or scoop. There are home pest products, but if you have kids or pets, you got to keep them away till it dries, blah, blah, blah. And most of the time, you can suck those little babies right up in the vacuum cleaner and dispose of them the way you're talking about also. Yeah, well, we we, uh, we found, I was trying to use a leaf blower to get them off the house, et cetera, et cetera. But the more they were disturbed, the more it, it seemed like it would attract more of them. Well, so it's I'm because when they're, what, when they're disturbed... Yeah, when they're disturbed and under stress, they emit a, a, a an odor, and that odor brings more stink bugs to the area. Oh well, maybe I just uh, maybe I was successful in getting them all out of the neighborhood then because I, <laughs> I have a coat here that's probably got a thousand of them in, and I and I just scooped them into them. And this morning there are not so many here, but there are a few left in the house. Yeah, while we were chatting here, I pulled up Michigan State University's. Um, sightings that people report the sightings of stink bug and it yeah. states that in Kent County and Ottawa County they consider them well established no one needs to report because we're we have to live with them as, aware. as you found <laughs> yeah this, I reported them last year okay yeah in uh, Barrie and Ionia County they're saying they're becoming established and them when you go further north, uh, Muskegon, Oceana, Nuevo, they're saying a low number of reports so far, but of course they're finding their way there. So, well, they kind of worked unusual, their way from the south up anyway. Yeah, generally, you know, I mean, we all see one or two or a few yeah. around, but behind thousands, wow, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, I have I have one other question, and it's not related to stink bugs, but it's um, I seem to have a huge uh, crop this year of uh, of walnuts. Yes. I've never, I've never um, harvested them before. Any recommendations? Oh, um, yay. Walnuts. Black walnuts, right? Oh, wear yeah. gloves. Those stinky <laughs> things that stain the wear dickens gloves. out of everything. Yeah, I, I was using gloves a couple and, days ago. And you want to eat these things? I don't know. I, I want black walnuts. But black walnuts have a musty, earthy taste to them. Unlike okay. the English walnuts, which are uh, have a thinner shell and are, yep. in my opinion, uh, tastier, I, 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 put, I would never put a black walnut in my fudge, I put I'll tell you that. black walnuts and mushrooms in the same basket, gross to me. Well, and, and anything that I have to drive over 
with my car in the driveway to, to haul. I'm, I, I don't have the patience or the time uh, for that. However, I, I don't want to be overly negative because I'm not a big <laughs> <Too> fan. <late. laughs> I'm not a big fan of black walnuts. You see these people have them. They all have them in five-gallon buckets or bushel baskets. Yeah. Like, we're going to do something with them. Yeah. And nothing all, ever happens. <laughs> oh, they're still there two weeks later, and two weeks later they're still there. Well, and they... Well, I've, most, I've been picking them up just to keep the squirrels from planting them next to the house. Exactly, okay, and go. that's what squirrels do. They'll, they'll pick them up, and then they rub them on the side of their head to mark their scent on them, and then next, year, where they are. <laughs> next year the trees are growing out of the foundation of your house. Right. It's Little, you see all these little squirrels all scratching their head the next year going, where did I put that nut? <laughs> you, you know, they, they look like these giant lime balls hanging in the tree yeah. or, or they dive bomb and on your... I mean, I wouldn't park a rental car under a black walnut. However, wouldn't. however, let me ask you this question. Give me a description in your mind. What, what, do, what, what do they smell like, Ann? What do they smell like to you? Stink bugs. <laughs> you just got that in your in your in your in your olfactory system. It's hard to get past that. That oh, like pine needles, I guess. I don't know. That greenish, fleshy hull on those walnuts. Yeah. I'll tell you what it smells like to me. It smells like bad blue cheese in a musty basement with a Ooh. twist of citrus. Now Ew. picture that in your mind. Yeah. Yes, I'm smelling one right now. I guess she. I I. I smell pine needles. She smells. Oh, see, everybody okay. smells something different. But in, yeah. in anybody who ever lived in Door, there used to be a dirt road that had walnuts growing right at the edge of the road. And when uh-huh. the and when the it was time for the walnuts to drop, you it was like a game to see if you could get all the way down the road without getting hit by one. Yeah, yeah. Because there was well, just was a whole roll. So dry. So dry. It's like it, we're dra- we're uh, it's raining leaves and walnuts. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Ann, uh, we got to let you go, but I want to put you on hold here a minute because I'm going to send you some mulch pile certificates to Hausman's there in Byron Center because anybody who's dealing with both stink bugs and stinky black walnuts deserves an ice cream treat. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll put you on hold. 774-2424, our number here on the Flowerland Show. All right, for folks on hold, uh, we'll get to you as quickly as possible. Uh, got a little extended there, but I get yeah. rather, I don't know, engaged when we talk black walnuts. Can't help it. I know what to get you for your birthday. Black <laughs> walnut tree. <laughs> Gina Gondek stands by. She's going to update us with the news here at the bottom of the hour, and then we'll get to more of your calls here in the next half hour on the Flowerland Show. Stay tuned. Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show is on the air on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. All right, don't operate by the seed of your plants. We're here to help you out on the Flowerland Show. Rick, Doug, Christie, two fun guys, and a crackpot on your Saturday morning. Oh boy. Here come the emails, the messages, the cards, the letters, the How phone calls. Going to chew me out for not liking black walnuts. I'm getting one for your birthday. <laughs> Next, a week from Sunday is the first day of bow season. If anybody wants to yell at me about hunting little animals. <laughs> All right. You said that I missed a, a holiday in August. Yes, you did. What I'm, was it? August 8th. It was National Sneak Zucchini Onto Your Neighbor's Porch Day, and you missed it. Oh, I love that. I love that. There's nothing better than filling a bag of zucchini, 
putting it out on someone's front porch, ringing the doorbell and running. I'm, I'm glad John did the shotgun thing because at one point in time last year, we reached the point where we'd whip a zucchini up in the air and take shots at it because we couldn't do anything with it anymore. Oh, goodness. <laughs> there was just too much of it. All right, Patty in Rockford is up next. Patty, good morning. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You are on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Good morning, Patty. I, I have a question about bittersweet. I planted it about, I don't know, 20 years ago. And I thought it was going to attract birds, but I must have got the male version. Okay. And now it's grown under our asshole driveway. It wraps around Christmas trees <laughs> and everywhere. It's awful. I don't know how to get rid of it. You know, uh, let me mention something. Uh Doug, I'm not a, a bittersweet expert, but I do know enough that there are a couple of different types of bittersweet because there's the native American bittersweet, and then there's an oriental bittersweet introduced to the U.S. in the mid-1800s that does exactly what Patty's describing. But there's male and female as well, so yeah, okay, she's on right. both of them. She's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's that's our problem, Uh Male and female, you need a male, you need a female, and, and you now, only got one. And, and now, now it can confuse you even more because you can get one on the same plant, so one plant will do it. So. No way. But that, you know, if she got it 20 years ago, she probably had, she's probably correct, male and female. Yeah. You know, and what's one of those deals where I think what, what Christy would tell you is cut it off as far as you can and use a uh, brush? Straight brush killer on the stumpy part that's left behind on a fresh cut. We're getting a great time. First part of October well, is a well, great time but, to do that. But hang on What a is that called? Brush? brush, just brush killer. Just come in and get brush killer, but you don't dilute right. it. You don't mix it with water. But Will it kill everything else that's around it, too, because we've got, like, tulips that are trying to grow? Well, no, as long as you don't get the brush killer on the actual so tulips. So brush the brush killer. Yeah, on. you put it on with an old paintbrush or an old rag. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so, Patty, what Doug said was cut it first yeah. and then brush it on. Right. Brush that's it on the there, stump. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, Patty, why not find it a partner? It's growing up under their asphalt oh, driveway and around everywhere. the trees. It is. It's growing around the Christmas trees. I mean, you have to, you know, we've got a lot of really nice blue spruce. But it'll, it'll oh, fix the berry problem. 
right? If you yeah, find that's it, that's what a you want is more babies. <laughs> yeah. right. But, and, but and unless how, you got a rock pile out back, you probably don't want it. You know what I mean? And how can you tell if it's a male or a female? You roll it over. <laughs> No, the female is supposed to flower, and this has never done anything but just spread. Wow. Well, they should both flower, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those never deals where... Flower. Never never had a flower. It had, it's like it's like those, um, oh, shoot, what do they call those orange flowers? Oh, usually they have them around a uh, telephone pole. Oh, uh, trumpet vines. Yeah, these flowers trumpet would not vines. be that like big, that. though. Only worse. It's yeah. worse. Yeah, brush killer. Yep. Brush killer. I'll be there today. I'll you be know, there today. Thank you. Patty, that was a bittersweet story. Thank oh. you very much. <laughs> Have a great day. Steve, <laughs> Steve in Muskegon is next. Steve, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning, you guys. That was that was pretty good. That was pretty funny. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Don't encourage him. <laughs> Don't encourage him, yeah. No, that, I, I heard you guys talk about a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, a gentleman called in about... Uh, his pine trees, his evergreen trees, and the needles were dropping and turning color and kind of... Oh, yeah, I remember that. He was in yeah, uh, Norton Shores. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are blue spruce, and right. I remember you guys saying something that they weren't real happy living in Michigan. So, with the humidity and stuff. Well, let, Under the let, right let, conditions, they can be happy, but unless you have the right conditions, yeah, they can get a little cranky. Color, yeah. Colorado spruce are planted... Everywhere and Doug, I have to be we real so careful, many. right? And I have to be real careful not to say something derogatory about Colorado, Colorado. spruce. No, no. But they they don't live forever, and when they get to be the age of twenty five, right? And they're not native to Michigan. You start to see canker and and needle cast, uh, needle and cast, and all of these issues. Am I correct, Doug? You are, but okay. to a point, to a point, because. I guess we can appreciate it, but we got to deal with the issue. And there right? are some 25-year-old Colorado spruces that are very happy in the right say, conditions. I have six of them. Two of them are very cranky. The other four look beautiful. Yeah, I would even back it up further than 25 years. I would say 45 years ago or 40 years ago, we, we started planting a lot of them, mm-hmm. and that's why you see. But you think about that tree. You say, well, it's been there for 40 years. I'm not going to worry about it. And that's the plant that goes under stress, or that's the plant that's in the irrigation of the lawn. So... Um, that's why we talk about needle cast a lot, but we don't want to confuse that with some, uh, plants and that'll be happening soon. You'll start to see natural shedding because it's the time of year. Yep. 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 So. Yeah, this is, these, these were probably planted about, uh, oh, we've been here about 22 years. So they're, you know, fairly mature and growing. The tops of the trees look pretty good, but the bottoms are starting to cast off real yeah, mm-hmm. they're yeah. getting cranky. Well, and, but if you but if you think about it, beyond their crankiness, uh, if you think about it, uh, because it's densely foliated, the lower portion of the plant doesn't receive the light that the upper portion of the plant receives, okay. and you start to see decline at the base and, of the yep. plant. And was, was there a spray that we? Uh... I remember you saying something. It was a spray or something that you could. General, generally, yeah, Steve. Generally, applications are made in the spring, April and May. Yeah. Okay. And and it is it's a product called Funganol, um, which is a daconil product that's been around. Those that fungicide's been around forever. Usually, the struggle is being able to hit the tree when they're that big, though, because it's not a systemic. It only it only works where it touches. And (laughs) and having weather conditions right to spray at that time of the year. So, Steve, what a lot of people do, and you see these guys out there working long hours in spring. They call an arborist, and they come out and spray the tree for you at that time. 
Yeah, because I'd, I'd kind of like to save these maybe for another two or three years, and then sure. probably we'll have to replace them or take them down. But I'll uh, would have would I have better off to wait till spring and then have somebody come and look at these? Or well, you can have them look at it any time and then have them put you on the schedule, and then they'll come out when the time is right and spray the trees for you. I appreciate the call, and I'll All talk right. to you guys later. All right, thank you very and, much, and that, Steve. That would that would happen now because I think you're right, Rick. Uh, you know, you don't call those guys two weeks before exactly. get on their it's, schedule. It's, it's kind of like getting to the doctor's office well, now. You know, I, I have I have I have family members who paint for a living professionally. Um, and it's funny that people call and say, I need you to come next week. I got company coming. I need you to paint my house. We can see you in three months. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's that kind of deal. There's a guy who went to the doctor and he had an asparagus in his ear oh, and a carrot in his nose. He says, what's wrong with me, doc? And the doc said, well, first of all, you need to eat better. <laughs> oh, boy. I've shared that one before. Yes, you yeah. have. Yeah. Um, I got the same response, too. <laughs> okay, Bob Indore is next. He's going to chew me out. So, um, Bob, let's do it here. How are you? We, hi. Hey, first thing, I listen to you every, every uh, Saturday. Uh, you've got so much information. I really appreciate it. I love you guys. Thank but, you very much. <laughs> now you're going to chew me out for not liking black walnuts, right? Well, it's it's warranted. I'm <laughs> I'm sorry, but you don't know enough about black walnuts. <laughs> okay. I hope Anne is still listening because she needs a little direction in the right direction. All right. Um, I have been eating walnuts since uh, oh my wrestling days at Zealand. Uh-huh. My brother and I, we would depend on my dad to crack walnuts patiently uh-huh. um, in the uh, chicken coop on the uh, cement floor. He would he would crack walnuts. He claimed they were the best food in the world. That alongside raw garlic. Okay, but, um, but hang brother, on a minute, hang on my, a minute, Bob. Hang on a minute. Yes, sir. I like walnuts. As a he matter of fact, like I love walnuts. walnuts. I also believe that walnuts are very good for you. But my question for you is, if you had to pick between an English walnut and a black walnut, which would you choose? That's what my next point was. Okay. An English walnut, in my estimation, can't hold a candle to the black walnut. Really? Oh, once you develop a taste for them, my brother went on to, uh, (laughs) they're so healthy for you. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. My brother went on to. He was a two-time state champ for Zealand High School. Mm-hmm. I went on to Hillsdale College, played six. Mm-hmm. And it's all because of black walnuts. It is. I, I lived on them. Yeah. Mm. It, it, you'll, be, you'll be interested to know this. That street I talked about was in Door, and when they paved the road, they cut all the black walnuts down. But 21st Street used to be a dirt road in Door, going south, and that's where all those black walnut trees were. I, I uh, try county. I drive all over it. Risk life and limb on the shoulder of the road, picking up black walnuts. <laughs> I get about, uh, oh, anywhere from five to ten bushel per year. I have 15 grandkids. They all love them. We put them in fudge. We put them in cookies. We pick them during the winter. I crack them, you know, lay them flat, crack a big pan of them, and uh, we'll be picking those all winter long. How do, how do you crack them, Bob? Because don't they stain like crazy? You you have a floor that you you. How do you crack okay. those things open? Yeah, after they're clean, they're not dirty at all. I mean, uh-huh. uh, you put them in a five gallon bucket. Wait till they turn black. Yeah, they'll get maggots in that husk. Oh, oh. 
Don't don't worry about that. <laughs> protein. We call that protein. Uh, but anyway, then you put them in water in a barrel. You take your half-inch electric drill yeah. with a plaster mixer on it. Spin those puppies like crazy, and they'll all come off, dump off. Then you put them on a screen. You spray them with clean water. They come out clean as a whip. Mm. And, uh, okay. Dan, if you're listening... These guys, they know a lot about everything else. I know you're talking about some plants. I'll tell you what, raw garlic and black walnuts, I'm not on any medication. I'm 69 years old. (laughs) Cholesterol is in check. I smoke cigars. I wouldn't recommend that. uh, (laughs) I've tried that. They're nasty tasting. (laughs) Okay, Bob. I would do that before the walnuts, I think. (laughs) Hey, heads up, Ann. Don't listen. All right, Ann. We're going to put you down for, uh, Bob, we're going to put you down for garlic and black walnuts. Absolutely. To have a healthier you. Thanks for your call. Appreciate that. God bless you. All right. Same to you, Bob. Thank you. I, I don't know if I could get past the maggot puree. <laughs> I see people get to the five-gallon bucket stage and they can't stop it. That's, that yeah, that's yeah. where they stop. Well, I, probably because the maggots come. They're like, ew, it's spoiled. Let's dump it. All right, we'll take a break here on the Flowerland Show. 774-2424. I love that call. I love the debate. Raw, passion. Raw, yeah. garlic. Yeah. raw garlic is good for you, though. They've proven that. Raw poor, garlic is good for you. Poor grandkids. That's exactly <laughs> the passion. Well, for example, there's people who won't eat beets, but beets are very, very good for if you. If you were right? raised eating something, you get used to the taste, and it doesn't bother you. It right. really doesn't. If I could get over that blue cheese, musty... I, I still, I still want raw hamburger, because I was raised on little raw hamburger balls when I was a kid. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Quick break on the Flowerland Show. More nuts. When uh, we come back, I got back. two of them Stay right tuned. here. <laughs> this is the Flowerland Garden Show on Wood Radio. All right, thank you very much for being a Smarty Plants and tuning in the Flowerland Show. Let's get right back to the phone calls. Let's uh, let's get through uh, a few calls here quickly. Uh, whoops, I'm sorry, John. Kathy in Grand Rapids uh, up next. Kathy, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Uh, it's a be- beautiful day. I have uh, about four or five mums, and I don't know how to take care of them. They are turning brown now. Um, how do I care for them? Are they dead? Uh, what do I do? Are they in the ground or pots, Kathy? They're in pots right now. I'm trying to clear an area to put them in in the ground. Okay. Uh, well, mamma mia. They should uh, be Kathy, nice and green right now. Uh, Kathy, they should be green, uh, not brown. So it's possible. Well, are, you thinking, are you thinking just the blossoms are brown? Yes. Oh, okay. But the foliage is green. Uh, the foliage is green. Good, oh, okay. good, oh, good. Okay. okay, so I would get them planted in the ground, put some organic matter in the ground, plant them in the ground, sunny spot, and uh, leave that green foliage on. You can take a head shears and lop off the spent blooms, but leave the green foliage on until we get hard frost in October when they turn yellow and brown. Then we chop it off just above the ground. And put, oh, okay. a, and put a layer of mulch over it, Kathy, whether it's bark mulch or leaves or whatever, to help hold that root system in the ground so it doesn't push out of the ground. And then next year you'll start seeing some green growth from the base. 
Great. Well, thank you very much. I love your show. I listen to you every week. Thank you very much, Kathy. I appreciate that. 774-2424. Have a great day. Kim in Grand Rapids. Kim, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. I hope you guys can help, and I hope my timing is good. Okay. We'll give it a shot, Kim. I had a a severe infestation of tiny little brown beetles, like miniature June bugs. Okay. Okay. In a very specific area, and they eat everything. I'm hoping that I can kill them in the larva stage, in the grub stage. Hmm. Okay. So what does this bug look like, Kim? It looks exactly like a June bug, only a third the size. Okay. All right. I've never seen them before until I got here to this property. Okay. And and lots of them. And they're, they're, they're eating your plants. They're eating everything. They eat the clover in the yard. They eat everything. I wonder if we're dealing with the with some type of chafer, like a rose chafer, that's a, Christy. I'm kind of thinking because that's what be, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, it's got to be. Is it is it kind of a dull brown, bronzy color? Yep, it's a kind of a faded. It, yeah, it's probably a, sh- a chafer then. Yeah. yeah, it's probably one of the chafers. Yeah, there's several different awesome. kinds. <laughs> and they're just as bad as June bugs. They come out at night and they get in your hair. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um in in your you're 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 not too late, but you're not in the prime window. The, normally in late June or early July we would tell you to apply an imidaproclid product to the area. Um okay, it, is that safe for pets? Well, it has to be watered in and allowed to dry first. <clears throat> okay. Any insecticide should be watered in and allowed to dry before kids or pets go back out on it because Kids stick their fingers in their mouth and pets lick their feet, and adults usually don't do that. <laughs> so, hopefully. 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 <laughs> um, so anyway, at this time of year, you would use something called Dylox. It's D-Y-L-O-X. And that, again, you put down, you water it in, <laughs> you let the grass dry, and then it's okay for everybody to go back out on it. But that will kill them, the little larva, now. Okay, and then what am I going to use in the spring? Because I've had... There were thousands, and I couldn't keep a single. Well, you're going to spray a repellent spray, but remember, even if you were to do what Christy says, if your neighbors and in surrounding properties are not doing it, they fly, they travel. Right, but if you can control it on this uh, particular shrubs or plant material, that would be where I would start. Try to identify those. Yeah. If there's specific plants that they're going after. And keep in mind that some years you'll have lots and lots of an insect, and the next year you might not hardly have any. We came out of a mild winter with a wet spring, and it always means more bugs. But with the plants that they're eating, Kim, what you could do, you have options. I mean, you have an organic spray like neem oil, or you could spray uh, Christy Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew, which, which is, is spinacid. spinacid. Yeah. yeah, they are very non-selective. The okay. only thing that they did not chew on was my evergreens. Okay. Okay. They right. chewed the snapdragons. They chewed the nasturtiums. They chewed the columbine. They chewed yeah. all my huchera, um, corabels, okay. clover. Yep. I would. If, uh, I, I yeah. would do that. Yeah, and then if you get a chance, and this sounds so weird. When they, when you, if you see some next spring, mm-hmm. scoop a couple of them up and bring them into one of our stores and let us make sure that we're dealing with what we think we're dealing with. It sounds like it's a chafer, but let's let's make a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Okay, I might be able to dig up a few laying around dead because I was killing them things like crazy. All right, but yeah, then we can look at it and identify it and make sure that what we're dealing with, and that gives us a better attack, a plan of attack for next year. Kim, thanks awesome. for your call. Good luck to you. Later. Thank you very much. Uh, let's talk to Chelsea in Middleville. Chelsea, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. I live in a wooded area, and um, I want to 
put like a hanging planter on a shepherd's hook. Yeah. But I have a lot of deer in my backyard, so I want to plant something that they won't eat. Do you have any recommendations? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, any types of plants we'd put in the hanging basket that have a soft, hairy-type foliage to it, often deer will not care for them. As a matter of fact, I've got a great list for you of plants that you could use, and we'll find it at myflowerland.com. Hang on a minute, Chelsea. I'll pick up the phone line here in the studio and talk you through it. We're at the top of the hour, another hour of the Flowerland Show coming your way. We'll uh, we'll talk about just about anything, just about anything. And uh, folks already lining up for that second hour. Our number is 616-774-2424. Gina Gondek stands by. She is... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Is next to update us with the news here on News Radio Wood 1300, 106.9 FM. These guys have been decomposing for years. The Flowerland Garden Show is playing live on News Radio Wood 1300 at 106.9 FM. Okie dokie, artichokey, second hour of the Flowerland Show. One more hour to go, and then we get on board Air Florist One and fly out of here. Rick Doug Christie on your Saturday morning, engineer, producer extraordinaire, John Ilk at the controls. As we broadcast high above downtown Grand Rapids, George Arthur behind the glass, he'll take your calls. 616 774 2424, our number. Fun first hour. Let's see what happens here in the second hour of the Flowerland Show. Back to the busy phone lines we go, and we're going to talk to Kim here next. Kim, good morning to you. Good morning. So, Kim, uh, you have some stink bugs around your location, too. I've got many stink bugs, and I have a walnut tree, and the lady that called earlier has the same problem. I'm just wondering if there's something related between walnut trees and stink bugs. You know what? That's a great question, and the answer is yes. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, there there are studies that have been done. Scientists have been looking at this, and they find that stink bugs prefer certain wild hosts 
One of them, guys, is the tree of heaven that I talked about. <laughs> Why is it called the tree of heaven? It's, it's a big it's old not weed. That. I know. <laughs> it's a big old weed. <laughs> I'd have a different yeah. name for it. It's, it's something they did ironically, yeah. okay? But, it's like Greenland, if you've ever yeah. been to Greenland. <laughs> but grapes and yellow wood and catalpa and, yes, walnuts are a magnet for these, uh, uh, for these think books, which, again... Don't send me your cards, letters, emails, but uh, that doesn't surprise me the well, way walnuts one those of the, one of the, walnuts stink. One of the first things well, you learn in uh, horticulture school is these things need hosts. Yeah. And once they've got that host, they move in with it. You know, exactly. So. Exactly. Can I tell you a quick story? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I've got a pop-up camper in my driveway, and my wife and I went up camping uh two weeks ago up in the UP and I put the camper up and then my wife works inside and I work outside and I see these Kleenexes flying out the camper door and I pick them up and there's 20 of them and they were all stink bugs in there. Uh, The UP now has stink bugs. (laughs) Oh man, I'm sure that they appreciate that. Yeah, let's notify that (laughs) county. Right, right. That's how those bugs move. Oh, goodness. Wow. Why Why were they in Kleenexes? Because uh, you want to touch them with your hand? And she won't pick them up with her hand. Oh. So see, see, see. Them. Huh? Oh, I, him. He didn't I just understand. Thought, I thought they were well, in the Kleenex. Them. Oh, my God, they stink. <laughs> yeah, that's why they call them stink bugs. <laughs> Marmorated <laughs> stink bugs. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, can I say one more thing? Uh, as long as it's uh, family-friendly, you bet, Kim. Well, it is. <laughs> I had a walnut tree cut down, and my dog was a puppy. He ate some of the uh, trees after they cut it. Oh. And my dog got sicker than crap. He couldn't stand up or anything. I took him to the vet, and the vet said, I don't know what's wrong with him. I told him what happened, that he ate some walnut tree. Mm-hmm. And he looked it up online. He said, a walnut tree will kill a horse. Well, yeah, and the problem with with black walnut is that it has the juglone in it. Which is a toxin. And if you want to look that up sometime, Kim, it's spelled J-U-G-L-O-N-E, and that's what inhibits the growth of surrounding plants, uh, or at least a number of uh, plants that surround the tree. So, uh, you know, we had the the caller earlier from Dora who loves black walnuts, and I, I respect that and also believes that they're very healthy for you, but... Uh, jug loan is one of the downsides of a black walnut tree. One more thing. What smells, what reminds you of black walnut is a black walnut. People say, what's this smell like? You know, show me something or make me smell something. I'll say, oh, that's black walnut. Because <laughs> it smells like There's feet, no wet towels. <laughs> like a black walnut. Yeah, that's true. Like I say, the best way to describe it is is bad blue cheese in a musty basement. But uh, that's okay. just my opinion. Kim, thanks for your call. You have a great day. You too. Thank you very much for sharing with us. 774-2424, our number here on the Flowerland Show. Let's talk to Dave in Granville next. Dave, good morning. Good morning. How can we help you out? My question might be a little similar to what I was when your call screener was taking down my information, and I was kind of listening with curiosity in the background just before 10 o'clock because a lady was talking about something that was eating everything, but then 
um, I'm just trying to figure out what's eating the lawn where there's some spots that are right down to the, um, yeah, to the roots, okay. so to speak. Um, and I did some investigation because some people that were, my friends that were looking at it said, uh, it's got to be a rodent that's eating the roots from the bottom. But I, I don't think no. that's the case because there's no mounds or anything. And I, when I just sat there for a while and just looked and looked and looked, I saw something move, and it appeared to be a very small, dark uh, grasshopper sort of thing. Now, was that, I heard something about a chaser from that lady before. You, Ted, was that what you were talking about? No, or? you're probably looking at chinch bug. Could you spell that for me? C-H-I-N-C-H. Yeah, because your your rodents generally, uh, Christy, are not vegetarians; no. they're meat eaters. Yeah. So Dave is uh, Dave is correct that uh, and and but good detective work there, Dave. They will actually shear the grass off right at the soil level. Right. I mean, there will be it'll look like dirt, but there'll almost be like stubble of the grass left behind if you put your hand down there and touch it. And that's what that's what they do, and they are very active at this time of year. Oh, really? So it's not just something that maybe because of the heat this year? No, 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 no. And different, they're attracted to different, like, people with a lot of bluegrass in their lawns will find that they usually have a problem because that's their preferred grass. They will eat any grass, but that's their preferred grass. So people with bluegrass or have had side lawns will often find that they have a, a chinch bug issue. Um, and, and they like I said, they shear it off right at yeah. the ground level. Well, okay, that makes sense. That, yeah. what, how would you treat that? Well, there's you can put down an insecticide for them. Um, the usually the damage they do isn't major enough for us to be too concerned about. But if you're getting big patches, you can apply an insecticide like Seven or like Dilox, and that will help take care of the problem. Seven or Dilox, and yep. they they do like hot, dry weather. Yeah, they're very active at this time of year because we're get, they're basically packing it on for the fall. <laughs> well, I heard you say something to that other lady about that, but that was something different. But then you said. Uh, Sometimes it's just seasonal, and I was thinking if there was a freeze and there wouldn't be a problem next year and well, it go back. Well, there might not. You might not see the problem next year. And again, insects are affected by weather. Um, mild winters and wet springs usually means we get a lot of bugs we haven't seen in a long time. If we were to get a very dry fall like we're having now and go into a mild winter and have a dry spring, you might not see any bugs next year like this. But the adults, uh, Dave, overwinter in leaf litter or or dense uh, dense thatch areas mm -hmm. uh, and you're going to get two sometimes three generations yep. a year yep whoa wow and for uh, for people keeping score at home and great call dave uh, uh if you're keeping score at home uh the spelling christy gave was c h i n c h yes chinch bug Ch yeah it's pronunciation's a little hard it's chinch bug exactly <laughs> And you can, uh, it's like you got a mouthful of food well, when you're trying to yeah. chinch bugs. Uh, you can go ahead and Google that. But that's a pretty, that's a, we, we get that off and on different years. That sometimes years it's really, really bad and we'll get several people coming to Flowerland with the issue. And sometimes we only get a onesie, twosie type of thing. All right, Dave, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we've got an open line. If you want to jump on it, pick up, uh, pick up your phone. And give us a call, 616-774-2424. It's Rick Doug Christie on your Saturday morning. Stay tuned. If you plant it, mow it, or grow it, they know it. Now, more of Rick Doug and Christie and the Flowerland Garden Show on Wood Radio.
see winds blowing I still see her dark eyes glowing She was 21 All right, don't get caught with your plants down. We're here for you, the Flowerland Show. Rick, Doug, Christie on your Saturday morning, sunny Saturday morning, on our way to 94 degrees here in mid-September. It's fall. Autumn is, is here. Autumn has arrived. <laughs> It'll be 92 here. degrees with a 68% dew point today, and it's, it's not fall. supposed to go together. <laughs> and uh, and bugs, bugs. All this talk of bugs. By the way, I just thought of something <laughs> as far as bugs are concerned. All right. Put that shiny thing away. Yeah, Christy. I know. I keep rattling my yeah. keys. I know that's the problem. Do you know? We were talking about vegetarians. Do you know what a termite eats when he wants to lose weight? What does a termite eat when he wants to lose weight? Do you guys know? Mm-mm. He starts eating lattice. Mm. <laughs> he starts eating lattice. <laughs> oh, boy. Who's writing your stuff? I, I don't know why I come here every week. I don't know why I come back here every week. He starts eating lattice. Scott in Jenison is next. Scott, good morning. You are on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. How can we help you, Scott? I put in a Japanese maple this spring, and I bought it from a good nursery, and I dug the hole twice the size of the root ball, and then I put in a compost in the bottom of the hole, and I back the soil around it pretty well and it seemed to do okay and now it's it's getting a lot of brown tips and a lot of the leaves are brown and curling and i'm not watering and i'm not spraying on the leaves because i understand that's not good for them i'm just wondering and i put wilt stop on it i'm just wondering if you could give me an advisement on how much to water that and is there any products that should maybe apply to it those are great questions, and um, unfortunately, everybody's a little bit different, and plant material is different. Um, you know, some of the stuff that we get, Japanese maples, they're actually bald and burlap, okay? So that means the root system's been cut, put into a pot, or, or put into a ball, and they plant it. Well, that takes a little bit more time for that root system to grow back, and the tree actually can show some some problems later in the summer. Other plants are actually grown in pots. We put those in the ground, and we just continue to water them. Now, it's not uncommon for a Japanese maple to figure out, you know— it, uh, you get to this time of the year, you start to see some brown patching on the. It's a dark leaf, generally. Thinner a green leaf. leaf. And it's one of those deals that doesn't hold a lot of moisture, okay? So for me to say, well, it needs five gallons a week, that's not really realistic because today it could use five gallons. And, you know, what? again, going back to what we talked about earlier, uh, we were cool. We didn't need as much water. We get to these times of year where the sun comes out, uh, you probably need a little well, bit more water. And, and I'm in sand and you're in clay, and that's going to affect how much Genesis water it's going to probably not in clay, but, yeah, yeah, you know, those are things you look at. But it is true that you will see uh, some some tip issues, some uh, leaf issues this time of year in Japanese maple. I appreciate you not uh, watering the foliage. Probably wouldn't have sprayed it with anything extra at this point because uh, wilt stop is a different problem, um, and it does different things to the foliage. So at this point, I'd continue to water through the fall, enjoy what it, what it does give you, and you're probably going to come out next spring with, with bright red leaves. Yeah, it's again. just showing, yeah. it's it's just showing, showing some, some stress. Yeah. Yeah, and the size of trees makes a difference how much water it needs. Right, you know? right. Um, is it Alrighty. is it mulched at the base, Scott? Is it what mulched at the base? Yes, there okay, is a, a mulch at the base, but I cleared it away about four inches. Okay, from the trunk. 
perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is I which would is lay perfect. the hose on at least for the next few days and just let it run for a few minutes. You know, my recommendation also would be not to use the wilt stop, and the yeah, reason for that, that is that it's a pine resin spray that we generally use on broadleaf evergreens, not on deciduous material in general. Because deciduous material has these small openings within the foliage called uh, stomata. Yeah. And they open and close based on the stress or the water needs of the plant. Uh, so I, I would recommend, Scott, not using the wilt stop on the Japanese maple. Okay, thank you very much. Then I'll just let it trickle a little water. Yep. Every other day, and then we'll see what it does in the spring. Yeah, and continue that. I mean, don't right. just stop I mean, in September. October, you bet. Yeah. Yep. You're doing the right thing that way. All right. Thank you very much, Scott. Good luck to you. I want to remind folks that it's bulb planting time also. If you appreciate tulips or alliums, I love the variety Christophi. Christophi alliums. And we have them available at Flowerland. What a, just, just an incredible bloom on that plant in May and June. Uh, fritillarias. Uh, very, very stinky plant. You talk about the stinky black walnuts, <laughs> well, fritillaria is very, very stinky, but a great plant, especially if you have deer pressure, uh, a great plant to put in the ground. And if you have that deer pressure, yes, I understand it's, tulips are like candy, but daffodils, they'll generally leave the daffodils alone. Do you experience deer pressure? Do they come into your yard and say, hey, come on, plant that plant. Come on, come on. You want to plant that plant? Put it in the ground. Not Put it my in the yard. Ground. No, I do. I do. I talk to those guys. I really do. And, and they too. listen to me. They only listen once to me. <laughs> they listen to me. What do you tell them? When I talk to Die. them. Die. <laughs> no. No. We just have a good talk. Oh. And I essentially tell them, eat my neighbor's plants, not my plants. <laughs> nice. And they listen to me. Generally, they listen to me. 774-2424, our number here on the Flowerland Show. Uh, Professor Bill stopped by this past week with a magazine uh, story for me that I just loved from the plant doctor. It's about lichens. And she likens me, she likens me not. Just a great, uh, great story by Dave Roberts, uh, Michigan State University, on how lichens seem to freak people out. And yet, you know, it's a very natural, very natural thing. It's a loving relationship between a, a fungi and an Algae. Sounds like a joke. A fungi and algae walk into a bar, right? <laughs> but they love each other. And then what they produce is actually quite spectacular on trees. So you say. And so it's, you it's, know. It's, it's, a per, it's an acquired taste. Yeah. It's a personal yeah. thing, you know. It's, it's a symbiotic relationship. That's what we call it in horticulture. When, when they're in love and, and they're into each other, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's it's a interesting phenomenon when a when a fungus and an algae get together. I liken that. I really do. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to go out there and bleach it. 774-2424. Our number here on the Flowerland show. 774-2424. Of course, as we've always said, fall is for planting. It's a great time of the year to plant shrubs, evergreens, bulbs, mums, asters, you name it. But uh, if you're out there doing that or you have plant material that you've planted this year, do not put the hoses away. We've got to do some deep soaking here, folks, because we are in the middle of a drought. And But I'm seeing plants that have been planted in three, four, five years. Even Showing being, a little stress. Yeah, 
Exactly. exactly. So it isn't just this year, but yeah, I would agree with you. So get out there and wet your plants. It'll entertain your neighbors, and well, I tell you what, your your plants are going to appreciate it. Let's uh, refill those phone lines uh, here during the news break. Our number is 616-774-2424. We'll update you with the news here at the bottom of the hour. And then more of the Flowerland Show. Stay tuned. You could have a steam train. Wood Radio's Flowerland Garden Show is on the air on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. All right, take me to your weeder. We're here for you, the Flowerland Show. Rick, Doug, Christie, on your Saturday morning, 35 minutes past the uh, top of the hour, balmy day. We're going to get up to 94 degrees today. Can you believe it? Balmy. Here in West Michigan. Uh, and thank you very Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Very much to all our friends who listen on the iHeartRadio app. Wherever you may be, thank you very much for getting your kick in the plants from the Flowerland Show. Let's talk to Mary in Gowan next. Mary, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm calling about oak blight, and you probably have heard by now that we have an issue going on in Montcalm County. Well, are are we talking about, about wilt? wilt? Yes. Okay. There, yeah. There was an article in the paper just two days ago about it. Okay. And uh, what, um, why I'm concerned is early this spring we had a couple of huge oak trees mature. They're probably 70 feet tall. Um, they, they opened up their leaves, but then they kind of shriveled up and dried. Okay. Half the leaves didn't open. Half, there's still half on the tree dried up like they changed their mind. Did they, and, look, did they look like they wilted first? I can I could not tell you that for sure. Okay. But now we've got uh, adjoining trees or nearby trees, maybe ten feet away, also that same size, um, at least three or four of them that are dropping their leaves early. Okay. My recommendation would be to involve an arborist, and the reason for that is that oaks are afflicted by many different things, not just oak wilt. Okay. okay. There's oak anthracnose and other diseases that are not as, let's say, serious as oak wilt. Oak wilt will kill infected oak trees, and that's the reason we do absolutely no pruning or cutting on any oaks uh, during the growing season from, uh, yes. from April through October. I've heard that. Yeah, so getting a proper identification of whether or not you know, oak wilt is caused by a fungus mm-hmm. and uh, making sure that that is the issue because what oak wilt essentially does is it blocks the flow of water and nutrients from the roots to the crown of the tree. And then, then you'll see the foliage wilt before it dies. And, okay. uh, and okay. so, 
just making sure that there's proper identification, yeah. I think, is very important here. We've been in touch with the Stanton uh, area uh, department of um, the handles, that kind of thing, and I guess we're supposed to have someone come out, take a look. They said there's bul- uh, fungus, you'll see fungus bulging under the bark on yeah. the oak wilt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we haven't noticed right. that. I mean, I've walked around and looked. I didn't see Mm. My my untrained eyes didn't see any such. Yeah, but and, you know they they look for sap beetles too. Um, you know you've got the spore mats that attract sap feeding beetles, and that's part of the reason why we don't do any pruning whatsoever is because it yeah. encourages that spread that behavior. Yeah. Uh, so I think you're very wise in contacting uh, some specialists that can properly identify whether or not it's oak wilt so maybe you can mitigate the damage and the other trees dropping leaves early could be a sign of stress we were talking about it the earlier in the show that a lot of plants are under stress because of the heat and the lack of rainfall yeah. overall um, and one of their ways of saving themselves and we often see it, it, it in fruit trees they'll they'll drop fruit prematurely in non-fruit bearing trees a lot of times they'll drop leaves because that's less foliage that they have to support Oh, I hope that's it. Yeah, uh, exactly. these, these did not wilt at this last, the group of three trees. They just uh, turned, you know, just dropped. Okay. Yeah, like, you like, know, there's a, and you can Google that, Mary. It would be oak and thracnose. It actually starts in the spring, and then uh, the uh, the fungus starts to coalesce, and it deforms and causes foliage to to fall off but prematurely. But it's not a fatal but, fungus. Correct. So I'm going to hope for you, Mary, that it's not oak wilt. Okay. Uh, can I ask one quick question? Sure. I heard you telling that gentleman of a Japanese red maple not to water the leaves. I have a crimson king maple. You you shouldn't water the leaves on that either. Well, that's a di- that's a little bit that's of a, a whole different, different animal. Issue. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, because but, you're but I would say that n- normally we don't water foliage. Right. We try not uh, to. Crimson kings is another one that has a fungus in its foliage if mm-hmm. it does get wet. So and that even happens just with dew and with humidity and everything. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, uh, okay. So don't crim- water the. The leaves on the crimson king either. Then. Right, yeah. right at the base is always better because you lose less to evaporation. You get more okay. bang for your buck out of your watering. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your help. Thank you very much, Mary. Appreciate that. Let's talk next to Gary in Grand Rapids. Gary, good morning. You are on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Good morning. My question is this: I have Pachysandra, and I have a, a vine. That has been growing through it. It uh, comes up every spring. Real small green leaves with a white flower. Oh, get rid of that. That's bindweed, Gary. That's uh, that's bindweed. It's in the it's morning ugly. glory family. It's ugly. And it uh, it's an aggressive rooter. Even though the the foliage seems to be a fine heart shaped green with the little white flowers, and it seems innocent enough. The root system is pretty aggressive, and I have found, Christy, really the only way I can get rid of it in an area where we have plant material, in Gary's case, Pachysandra growing, is to carefully remove it by hand. And what I'm saying, Gary, is not pull it out, but rather lifting the vine as much of it as you can off the Pachysandra to the side and then applying... Uh, a weed control, Christy, right. like like glyphosate. Right. You cannot spray any kind of herbicide out over top of your Pachysandra for broadleaf weed products. If this was a grass, we'd be talking a whole different show, but um, you have to gently remo- remove that, get as much of that out of there without ripping it out of the ground type of thing um, in order to spray. 
And, and the reason for that, Gary, is that we want some of that herbicidal effect to translocate into the root system. So we keep the foliage intact off to the side and begin the process of trying to attack it that way. And in fall, if we can move some of that herbicide into the root system, it's going to help in future years uh, if you do have an infestation of it. And if you want to Google it, uh, Gary, we often refer to it as bindweed. Okay, B-I-N-D? Yep. Correct. Okay, Okay. I'll try it. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Gary. Uh, first time this morning, we've got an open line. Check that out. Why don't you jump on it? Pick up the phone right now. Give us a call. 616-774-2424. We'll take a break here on the Flowerland Show. Cultivate a little commerce. Final segment. Let's get some of those calls in. Pick up the phone right now and call us. Let's chat. It's Rick, Doug, Christie on your Saturday morning. Stay tuned. This is the Flowerland Garden Show on Wood Radio. I see London. I see France. I see problems with your plants. That's why we're here on Saturdays. Make sure to look for the Flowerland podcast, too. Share it with your friends. Lots of people visit the Flowerland podcast. You can get it to go there at Wood Radio's website. That's woodradio.com. Uh, or you can go to myflowerland.com right there, embedded on the homepage. You'll find the podcast. Share it with friends and neighbors. Get them to become entrepreneurs just like you and enjoy the Flowerland show on a weekly basis. Back to phone lines we go, and we're going to talk to Lance in Jenison. Lance, good morning. You are on the Flowerland show. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a question about a new lawn that I had put in. I had it put in on the September the 1st, and uh, it's coming up pretty good in most places, but there's areas in the center of the yard where it looks like the ground is just so hard packed that the grass isn't coming up very good at all. Now, I put a new a starter fertilizer on it Monday, and uh, I was told by the people who put it in, in order to uh, control any weeds in there, that I should put another starter fertilizer on in about a month. And I'm wondering if that's correct. Well, it, it's not. The idea behind putting the starter fertilizer on is to get the grass really thick and growing well, and a really thick turf will not have weeds in it. Um, unfortunately, I don't, I don't, I won't dis, I won't say that they're wrong. I think you should feed it again in a month just to get a good root establishment going into fall. But I don't think that will guarantee that there will be no weeds. Okay, but feed it again with a starter fertilizer? Yes, we want good root development. And most starter fertilizers have at least 20% nitrogen in to feed the green part of the growth, too. Yeah, in those spots that you get, sometimes seed moves. Yeah, you know, you can get some seed. So sometimes you got to go back and rough it up and put a little more grass seed in those low spots or spots that actually they're probably high spots yeah. and move them. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. The spots that are high where it seems to be the awfully hard packed, I should rough that up with like a rake or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. really get like with a bow rake with something with hard tines, get it good and roughed up. We'd like at least an inch or half inch to an inch of loose soil so that the seed makes good seed to soil contact. That's how you get germination really fast. Once that seed germinates, the roots have to go somewhere, Lance. And Correct. if the soil's compact, we have a problem. Okay. How about gypsum? Uh, is that something I should put down to loosen that up in the long, fall? Or long-term sure? gypsum is a great way to loosen up compacted soil, but it takes time. Um, I would look at putting down gypsum next spring, maybe core aerating very early in the spring, and then putting gypsum down right afterwards. 
and and then finally, Lance, uh, at with the warm fall that we're having, I'm still recommending to people to keep the deck high on the yep. lawnmower. You are naturally going to be able to hold off uh, a lot of weeds, Lance, by raising the deck on the lawnmower. And Professor Bill called me during one of the commercial breaks and said this is also going to be an important year to fertilize later in the yep. season because need that uh and that's that's a point well taken well this might be one of those years to see that we actually put that fifth step on for some of those that put in four and right. a lot of people do because a lot of people put their fourth step on at the beginning of september and then say okay i'm done with the lawn and it's the lawn's not done it's going to go quite a while it's using it up yet yes it is because it's going through all the stress it's still going through a heavy growth pattern um so yeah late late fertilizing so you're going to do your starter again in four weeks you may find that in november you might want to put down another fertilizer like a winterizer or fall food that was my next question i should put another fertilizer down uh, just before the yard shuts down yep really late um last year i did mine the weekend of thanksgiving All right. And the weeds, I just don't worry about till next year? Wait till next year, get that grass growing, get it as thick as you can, keep the deck high for a while so that you're kind of shading out what weeds are there, and then we'll make the attack next year. All right. I appreciate your help. All right. Good luck to you, Lance. Thank yep. you very much. Uh, the heat and the stress can be a weapon of grass destruction, <laughs> right? Bonnie is next. Bonnie in Lamont. Bonnie, good morning. You're on the Flowerland Show. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have some rhubarb that I know I need to split, but it's also got a fungus. Okay. Um, two questions, then, I guess. Does that mean one, I'm going to take care of it before the frost? I guess that we don't really know when frost is. But also, um, do I dare move it with a fungus, or do I is need it, to get is it just plants? Is it just on the leaves? It's on the leaves, and then it eventually turns the whole plant brown. Yeah, but it's it, not in the it's not in the ground. No, it's that what you have is an airborne fungus. It's not a big deal. Um, yes, you can move that with no problem. Split them, move them, get them in place. The key would be when once the frost comes and that that plant dies back to ground, remove that dead plant material so we don't have spores overwintering on that material. So, do I? I think I remember. Do I move it before or after it all dies off? I've moved it before. It's if you can, if you know where your root starts are, you can do it after. But I always try to move it before because you want to get it in the ground and get it rooting again before the, it gets too cold. Are they in a good sunny spot? They are. Yeah. Okay. Are you watering over the top? Um, I won't be anymore. I was okay. in the spring, and I know that's how it came. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. and then I always, I, I always yeah, mount I, composted cow manure over top of the plants. Because well, I that, had access to that. Yeah, and that because that helps break down. It puts organic matter in the soil. But then in the spring, you can just kind of rake it out around the plant, and it just becomes good organic matter in the soil. But it keeps it from frost heaving. You know, the, it keeps the roots from heaving out during the winter. So move it before and still keep treating it with a neem oil. I I would quit at this point. I wouldn't bother treating it anymore. We're late up in the season. That's that, just a revenge. Yeah, spray. that's just a revenge mm-hmm. spray. You're not really doing anything other than making yourself feel better. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Bonnie. 774-2424, our number here on the Flowerland Show. You know, for us personally as people, our stress response is, you know, it helps us navigate in ever-changing environments. So some stress is okay. But here's the interesting thing is that we as humans, when we're stressed, we do have a fight-or-flight response. A plant can't punch something 
or run. What's a flight response? Because I only know how to fight. (laughs) Run. fight or flight response. I can't run. That probably explains why I don't have a flight response. (laughs) But but as stress does to our body, we can get sick and we can get upset. Just like plants. Yeah. And so they're stuck growing wherever they grow. They can't run from stress. So it's identifying that. And for our landscape plants that we enjoy, again, deep soaking at the base, uh, feeding in fall is a good idea, uh, and and trying to deal with that because uh, plants do have methods and means to deal. You know, there's hormonal type changes uh, that take place uh, during a stressful encounter, and some of these plants out in our landscapes right now are having a stressful encounter, and you see that definitely with the trees. Uh, so again, uh, boy. Water. I just can't emphasize that enough because if they go into winter stress, we, we can have some problems next. I'm, I'm here to tell you, those little donut water bags have become my best friends on some younger trees that I have. I like the brown ones that are kind of close to the ground because they're not so noticeable, like the big green ones that go up the trunk. Mm-hmm. But it looks like a little brown donut and you just how fill it with water. And how it, come I see my trees, but they're always empty? Yeah, you got to <laughs> fill them, people. You can't just wrap a tree in plastic and hope for the best. <laughs> Let's talk to Randy next. Randy, good morning. You are on the Flowerland Show. Good morning, guys. A quick question. I know it's important to aerate your lawn in the spring and the fall, but is there any advantage to uh, using, like, a heavy material and roll your lawn to kind of get some of the bumps out, so to speak? It is if it is bumpy, but the, the key is at certain times of the year, and with the drought stress we have right now, I would not do it. Right. Okay. Spring? You can in the spring or really late in the fall if we get some more moisture. Keep in mind, though, if you have heavy clay, you're going to roll the lawn this fall. You better aerate next spring. Well, the only time I like using rollers, I'm putting seed down. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I'm kind of an anti-roller person, but I understand that some people have lumps and bumps, and the mower catches them and makes big nasty spots. And those are the places you should roll. But I wouldn't roll the whole lawn just to say it's rolled. Got it. Perfect. Right. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much, Randy. Appreciate that. Roll with it, right? Roll with it. But that brings up a good point, though. A lot of people will core aerate in the fall. Who was the artist that sang that song? Roll with it, baby. Roll. There's a lot of songs, I think, that have that. No, that no, line no I'm drawing a blank. I, I, Is uh, it an old singer? Screen. <sighs> well, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think if there's something. <laughs> Roll with it, baby. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood, so it is an John, old <laughs> Steve Winwood, that's it. I just needed to have that pop in my head here real quickly because it went on screensaver. Steve Winwood, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Here we go. Roll with it, baby. <laughs> Crank that up, John. That's beautiful. Isn't that great? Are you impressed I could pull that out of my head? <laughs> yeah. I'm never worried about Very the old stuff. I'm never worried about the old stuff. It's the current stuff that scares me. <laughs> <laughs> Roll with it, baby. I love it. I don't know where it came from, but... It just comes right yeah, out of the right back, there. right, right there. here. Yep, that you know? spot. Yep. And there's nothing I can do about that because <laughs> then my part just isn't... Yeah. You know, it's just not going to look right. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for... I thought, I thought he said... I thought he was going to say... I'll keep that rolling there, John. Keep it going. Because there's nothing to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it just falls out, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah.
All right, well, that's it. Two hours of the Flowerland Show in the books. Thank you very much. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Christy. By the way, want to remind people, visit myflowerland.com. Sign up for our big holidazzle parties coming up. You can do that right there at myflowerland.com. Thank you very much, John. Thank you, George. Most of all, thanks to you, our entrepreneur friends across the rooted plain. For tuning in the Flowerland Show every Saturday, we'll leave you with the 1812 Overture as we do every week. And then John Winger is going to re- remind us of the fact that we carry a weighty responsibility because when we leave, don't want all the plants to die. <laughs> Have a great weekend. See ya. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.